You're listening to a sermon of Meadowbrook Church in Ocala, Florida. For more media resources, visit us online at www.nbcocala.com. Well, we're going to uh, do part two of a two-part message uh, that I'm calling the good thing about bad things. How many of you just love bad things? Nope. And probably one of the most outrageous statements in the New Testament was when you end up with bad things that you're to count it all joy. And so we're going to unpack that a little bit today, see what that means. And um, I just can't tell you how uh, excited I am. I, I get excited about every message, but if we could get the heart of what I'm going to share with you today, that's my challenge is to get that across to you in the right way. If you'll really get that and take that with you, this is going to help you so much in life and in your Christian walk and then the real deal stuff that you're having to deal with all the time. So in an effort to make sure I get that across, then here's my plan today. First of all, I'm going to tell you what I'm going to tell you. And then I'm going to tell you. And then I'm going to tell you what I told you. So that hopefully when we leave here, you'll know what I told you. Okay. And, uh, we're going to look here. The good thing about bad things. We, we spent some time on this last week that sets us up for today. So I won't go back and necessarily review. However, somebody did give me a classic Batman here regarding bad things. This is the real Batman. You know, he was real. Okay. And it says, it is well to remember that evil is a pretty bad thing. So, so if it's evil or if it's just trials, adversity, whatever it would be, uh, we're going to see the good thing about bad things. Let's start with, uh, in the book of James chapter one, we're going to read the first four verses here. It says, James, a bond servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ to the 12 tribes, which are scattered abroad. That's who he's writing to greetings. And then verse two, he says, my brethren. So let's just clarify again. Who is he writing to? He's writing to Jewish Christians who've been scattered abroad by persecution. We read in Acts 19 persecution following the, the death, the martyrdom of Stephen. And things just really went kind of crazy after that. And they scattered. And let me just point this out that even what the enemy meant for evil, God turns to good because now you had born again, spirit filled believers scattering with the gospel, with a full commitment to God. And they scattered into Gentile lands and, uh, it helped to actually multiply multiply the spread of the gospel. So that's just a little side note there. Verse two, again, he says, my brethren, let's go ahead and say, that's me. Count it all joy. When you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience, but let patience have its perfect work that you say, that's me, that you may be perfect and complete lacking nothing. Now the beginning of verse three, he says, knowing, knowing, he says, you count it all joy. When you fall into various trials, and, no, and get this, first of all, all joy, count it all joy. In the Greek, it literally means not mixed. So it's all joy. So it's not a, a, a mixture of emotions or thoughts here. It's all joy. And this is hard for us. And we'll, we'll, we'll see how this works here in just, in just a moment. But he says, count it all joy when you fall into these various trials, these troubles, these afflictions, these uh, adversity, pressure, undesirable things. When you fall into those things, when you encounter those things, count those things joy, knowing... And this knowing is looking to the future here. Uh, And it also looks to the past because he's saying, because you know through experience, because you know through experience, they've already experienced some things here. We talked about that. Imagine if you had fled, you had scattered because of persecution. 
I mean, you've left everything. Upheaval, uprooting of your family, your life, your everything. Fear for your life. Those kind of things. Need that that creates. They know a little bit about, about trials here. Now, the trial, whatever the trial would be, and I want you to think just for a moment, just think silently in your head here. What is maybe a trial, a, a trouble, a bad thing, a hard time that you've had recently or you're in right now? Just kind of think about that real quick, okay? Now, when that shows up in your life, and we looked at this last week, what that does, it, it tests your faith. It tests your faith when that comes. Just like your shield of faith. Uh, it is tested by the flaming darts, you know, the spears, the rocks, whatever would come your way. It's, it's tested by that. And what you find out is that it will prove to serve you right. It will prove to get you all the way through. This word also carries with it the idea of like a test drive. How many of you have ever test driven a car before? Seven of you. And they want you to test drive it. Okay. And the attitude of test driving that car is not as uh, to see how crummy it is. Wonder if this thing hold up. You know, you get in there and first thing that hits you, that new car smell. Second thing is it's clean. They make sure it's clean. They'll wash those things every day. So you know what? It already smells better than yours. Looks better than yours. There's no fast food trash on the floor. And then you crank it up and it's, it's comfortable and it just feels new and it feels right. And they know this, we can get you in that car, get, get out of your jalopy and get into this car. It's going to feel good and it's going to drive smooth and powerful and all the, all those kind of things. And it's the proving of this, this test is to prove that it works. And we found last week, we talked about this. You're going to find that faith done the right way is going to work. It's going to hold you up. The testing of your faith produces patience. And that's what we're going to dig in here to today. Romans chapter 5, verse 3 and 4. Paul kind of has the same idea as James. He said, we can rejoice too when we run into problems and trials. And I'm saying, I need to know what these guys know. That we can count it all joy when we encounter trials. Are y'all here? Okay, we can count it all joy when we encounter trials. And then Paul says, we can rejoice too when we run into problems and trials. So I need to know, you need to know what these guys know. It says, for we know that they help us to develop endurance or patience. And endurance develops strength of character and character strengthens our confident hope of salvation. So the trial tests our faith. The testing of our faith produces patience. And that patience is absolutely key. That patience that we're going to talk about today is just vital. We've got to have that in, in our life. In James 1, 4, it says, let patience have its full work and you end up fully developed and complete, lacking nothing. Now get this. How many of you would like this to be said of your life? You could say this of your life that, that you may be perfect and complete and lacking nothing. That almost seems out of reach, doesn't it? Perfect, complete, lacking nothing. First of all, perfect does not mean perfect. It has the idea of wholeness. It has to do completeness, maturity. Okay. So it's not like absolute perfection, but that we would have that maturity, that completeness lacking nothing that as a character, as a person, and then the fruit of that in your life. How many of you would just really love for that to be able to say that about your life? Okay. Well, there's a process to get there. And that part of that process, uh, is that whole idea of trials, test your faith. Faith produces patience and that patience, if you'll let it do its full job, that's how you're going to end up 
perfect, complete, lacking nothing. So let's kind of break this down a little bit. And I want to put this very clear in front of you so you never forget here. But first of all, you've got a trial. A trial. And these come to everybody. No one's exempt. Now, some do better than others because how many of you have ever self-inflicted yourself with something? Bad choice, wrong thing, you know. Uh, shouldn't have gone there and certainly not with them, you know. And, and Okay. So... Rightly met, though, and this is a bold statement, this trial in your life, and let's, let's think about whatever it is, the various types that come, if you encounter it right, you'll essentially end up with that experience being harmless. I know that's bold, but the trial that comes, if you'll handle it right, the end result will essentially be that that was harmless, all things considered. The inverse of that is also true, that if you do not handle this trial right, you're going to have problems galore, and they're going to be all over the place. Now, Paul said, James said, to count it as joy. Now, joy, hear me on this, is not to be confused with pleasure. Joy is not to be confused with fun. What he's talking about here is much more rich. It's much more deep that when this comes because of something you will find out, something you come to know, I can count this whole process now as joy, not fun. How many of you know some of it is not fun and not pleasurable? But this is deeper. This is richer. This is fuller that we're looking ahead. And because of that, we can count this as joy. Now, what it does, it tests your faith. So when this comes, it tests your faith. Now, we looked at this last week. And when your faith is tested, this is the point where you really ask yourself. Because you've got hard times, bad things, something has come. You with me? Yes. Where you ask yourself this question. Do I really believe what I say I believe? You're at that place. Do you know this hurts? This is bad. This is broken. This is messed up. Do I now really believe what I say I believe? And that's also going to involve, you're going to have to act upon what you believe. I illustrated for you last week. I stood up on a little dainty chair. Remember that last week? And that's like the testing of your faith. I'm going to put my whole weight onto it and see if it holds me up. And I had people last week say they were going nuts because they were worried that chair was going to collapse. And here's the thing. I counted it joy because I'd already tested it. Not only had I tested it, I saw it needed some help. So I put some nails and some brads and different things. And (laughs) Hey, you laugh, but it helps the whole illustration. Because sometimes your faith is dainty. And your faith is that front porch faith, just decorative. You're going to have to stand on it at some point. And you know what? And you might need to beef it up a little bit. And so I beefed it up. So I was fine. Those of you that worry about, but see your faith is that way. And you'll come to find faith will hold you up, but it tests your faith. Now here's the important thing here. When your faith is tested and I'm going to write, I'm going to write this out here. It produces patience. It produces patience. Trials come. Everybody say trials come. And just 
parenthetical here, count it joy because of what's going to end up down here. When this trial comes, it's the equivalent of it is testing your faith. Everybody say my faith is tested. And when your faith is tested, it's going to produce patience. Everybody say produces patience. Okay, now hop in with me here. This word patience, this word patience has to do with steadfastness. Now hold on with me. This is not just a give a little sigh and purse your lips patience. It's not the kindergarten teacher or the librarian at your elementary school. Children, be quiet. It's not that patience. This is a, this is a, a rich, strong force that you're going to have to have. This is a steadfastness. This is staying power. This is to hold on and to hold out and to outlast and to persevere. And you've got to have this. You've got to have this because I cannot promise you what this will be for you. You hear me? I cannot promise how many of these are what kind or what direction. I, I can't promise that. No one can. And so what I've got to do is, I'm, you know, when this happens, something else happens. And this is God at work. This is God helping you here. And I can't just have this little, I've got to have this steadfastness that helps me to hang on and hold on and outlast and endure and persevere through this. This is important. You've got to have that. And Luke 8 verse 15. Uh, parable, it's called the parable of the sower. It's not really, it's a parable of the soils. It's comparing those four different heart conditions and what happens when the seed of the word of God goes into that heart. And here's the fourth type, the good soil in Luke eight fifteen, it says, but the ones that fell on the good ground are those who have heard the word with a noble and good heart, keep it and watch this and bear fruit with Patience. Say those last four words. Bear fruit with patience. It means this, that you will stick in there until there's a harvest. You will stick with it until there is a harvest. This is the key to everything that God wants to do. Every good thing that God wants to give you. This is the key that you're going to have to have this kind of patience that we can stick with it until there's a harvest. This also is the missing ingredient in too many people's lives. Troubles come. Hardship comes, your test, your, your faith is tested. And a lot of people do not have this patience. I'll show you in a moment. You actually did have it the whole time, but we don't engage it. We don't appropriate it in our lives. And so we end up without the, without using this patience. And it's the missing ingredient for so many people because then we end up reacting. Instead, you should respond. But out of our impatience, I'm telling you what, when you get impatient, you're about to make a bad decision. When you get impatient, you're about to say something you're going to regret. When you get impatient, you're going to head in the wrong direction. You're going to create more of a problem. I've seen people get impatient in traffic and I'll fix it myself. And so they end up, you know, I'll pull over into the median. They get, they sink down to their, to their floorboard in the mud, you know, and now, now patience will manifest. You're stuck, Broseph. Yeah. Now, faith and patience work together. Faith and patience work together. They've been called the power twins. And they work together. I want you to say this. I know I'm having you repeat things, but my job today is for you to go out of here with this because I know what this will do for you. Faith and patience work together. Will you say that? Faith and patience 
work together. They're called the power twins. Let me just give you one example in scripture. Hebrews 6 verse 12 says this. That you do not become sluggish. You don't become lazy. You don't become slow. You do not become sluggish. But imitate those who? Through. Help me. Faith and patience did what? Inherited the promises. So it's through faith and patience. They work together. They're the power twins. Now listen to this because this is going to rock your little world here. You do not have any more faith than you do patience. You do not have any more faith than you do patience. Follow me. Because once patience is gone, faith shuts down. You might think you have faith. You might could quote some verses. You got your name on your Bible. You got a Jesus bumper sticker. You wear a WWJD bracelet and a day-by-day bracelet. You got Moses and the gang breakfast tumblers. Your ringtone is, I got peace like a river. But you don't have any more faith than you do patience. And once patience leaves, once patience is gone, you're not going to do anything in faith. Faith shuts down. Faith is done. Let me put it to you this way. I've taught this for over 20 years here. Faith works every time if you'll leave it on the job. Patience keeps faith on the job. I'm going to say it again. Faith works every time if you'll keep it on the job. Patience keeps faith on the job. My stepfather uh, was in construction for decades, since 1950s. I know. And, uh, but he, he said the biggest frustration would be subcontractors. He wanted them to do part of their job. And first of all, he couldn't get them on the job because either other issues or, you know, they're busy or lazy or whatever it would be. Couldn't get them on the job. And he said, then the other part was this to keep them on the job because now they're going to go get a break. You know, they're going to go to the sandwich truck. Uh, We're going to go to the supply house. We're going to go take a nap in our truck, whatever it would be. And so here's the challenge to get, and and faith is not at all like those guys, but the thing is faith works every time. If you'll keep it on the job and patience is what keeps faith on the job and faith and patience work together. If you follow me, say amen. Amen. Now, James one, three, Romans five, three, actually a couple other verses point to this, uh, These troubles, these trials produce, they produce patience. Now I want you to say produce again here. They produce patience. The Amplified Bible for James 1, 3 actually says this, that these, these troubles, these problems actually bring out. So we're thinking about this word here produces. It actually brings out endurance, steadfastness, and patience. It brings it out. You with me? Okay, everybody, everybody just zero in with me here on this. This is too vital for us to miss. When you and I have a trial, it tests our faith. And when my faith is tested, it produces patience. This is a work of God because patience and faith work together. And this is going to work every time if I can just keep it engaged. 
This is what the devil's after right here is to disconnect from believing and trusting God, from looking toward God to be your help and your strength. And this is a work of God. And you'll see it here in just a moment because patience is going to work with, it's going to work with faith. But once this gets tested, it produces patience. It actually causes it to come out as the Amplified Bible says to bring out in Philippians 2, 12, where it talks about our salvation, that you work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. You work out, same word in the Greek there as produces. Work out, and you know this, if you you look at scripture here, you are working out something that was worked in. It's already in you. You with me? Through the salvation, by faith in God's grace, calling upon the name of Jesus, you are saved. Salvation is imputed, imparted, it's yours, it's a present possession. And Paul is telling them in Philippians, now you got to work that out, bring that out. Develop that out. He's not saying go do a bunch of work so you can get saved. It's something that's in you that now must be worked out. You with me? The, The Greek actually means to cause it to come out. Cause it to come out. To me, the best word picture of this is like a gland in your body. And so let's say, uh, let's take adrenaline, your adrenal gland. And so it's going to produce and release adrenaline, epinephrine. And what happens is you have some kind of shock, you have some kind of fear, you have some kind of something that agitates you, something that that frightens you, and you've got a task at hand, an emergency, and what happens then is that gland secretes adrenaline. It causes your heart rate to, to be faster, it causes you to be alert. It causes your metabolism to speed up so that all of your body is fueled and we are ready to go. We are on high alert. And what happens is that problem, that situation, that emergency now causes, just like this, it causes adrenaline to come out. You with me? You don't need adrenaline all the time. If you had adrenaline all the time, brushing your teeth and flossing your teeth, you'd end up with injury. Oh, I mean, it'd be tragedy every time they would not ever allow you to change the baby. Boop. You don't need it all the time. Same with patience. You don't need it all the time, but follow this. But when you need it, when this testing of your faith is taking place, almost like a gland, somehow it produces and causes patience to come out inside of you. But you don't need that all the time. You don't need patience all the time. I got some pictures of sometimes you don't, you don't need patience. Here's Alicia holding our grandson, Gavin. She doesn't need any patience right there. Didn't need it at all. Here's another one. Shortly after Alicia's daddy had passed a little over a month ago, uh, we went away for a couple of days and went over to, to a beach. Our, from the back door where we stayed to the beach was 18 steps. Everybody said, glory to God in the highest forevermore and amen. And, and that's what I looked at every morning. And you know what? I didn't need any patience there. And then whenever I get to hang out with this guy, you don't need any patience there. You say, hold on. That's two grandson pictures in the same service. I know I'm the pastor. So deal with it. Okay. Um, so, all right. Now when faith Uh, let let me get back to this here. Patience. Everybody say patience. Patience Patience is 
in you. Here's part of your problem. You keep saying, I don't have patience. How many of you have ever said, I don't have any patience for that? Or I'm kind of an impatient person. Or I have no patience for that or them or them and that, you know? Well, look at me, cut it out, hush up. Because you do have patience. If you're a child of God, if the Holy Spirit of God dwells in you, you have patience. Regarding the fruit of the Spirit, in Galatians 5, 22 and 23, in the Amplified Bible, it brings out this. And the fruit of the Holy Spirit is, that is, the work which His presence within accomplishes is love, joy, peace, patience. So I want you to just say this with me. I have patience. patience. Say it again. I have patience. patience. Now, whether or not you appropriate that or not, that's kind of up to you. A lot of times what we do is we have other things that we've trained ourselves to do. We get impatient. We react. We yell at somebody. We throw something. We do this. And we just, we just get ourselves all worked up. Or we say this also. I have no patience. I have no patience. And don't deny yourself this because I'm going to tell you what. You're going to need patience to get through this thing to get down to where we're going with this so you can actually count this thing as joy all right we still all together okay we're kind of like on a field trip here today and i want to make sure we got the group together before we go into the next section of museum okay you with me okay now i have patience you have patience we have patience in us and when the testing of our faith through this problem comes Get ready for this. Patience comes out. Patience comes out. Another illustration, just real quick. If you think of faith and patience as being brothers, I would honestly call patience the big brother. See, we get so faith oriented sometimes, but as I told you, you don't have any more faith than you do patience. And if faith is out in the front yard and there's three neighborhood bullies that come along, and start picking on faith. Guess who's going to come out? Patience is going to come out that door. Patience is going to come to help faith. And it's through faith and patience you're going to inherit the promises. They work together. Power twins, they've got to work together. So the test of your faith, it produces patience. It causes it to come out. And then the Bible says this. Now let patience have its perfect work. Have its full effect. Let it do its job. Y'all hear One thing, church, listen to me. I got too much moving around. Okay? So everybody stay with me. We're here for just a little bit of time. And I need everybody to zero in. And I'm not, I'll hold you you late and we'll call in for pizza. (laughs) We have got to get this. Test comes. Trials come. And they're going to come this week. Happens to all of us all the time. And when that happens, recognize it for what it is. And if you do, you'll be able to say, I can count this as joy. I'll get through this. And it's going to test your faith. But don't give up and don't get afraid because that testing of your faith is actually going to produce patience. It's going to cause that God implanted, imparted patience is down on the inside of you as a fruit of the spirit. It's going to cause it to come up. And now when it comes out and comes up, guess what? Let it work. Let it do its work. And I'm going to try to show you how how this happens here. This word for patience right here is the Greek word hupomone. And it actually means to remain under. To remain under. 
is to just stay in place, to not get moved by this situation. You feel like you want to run. You feel like you want to cave in. You feel like whatever, but we just got to stay in place, remain under. And this type of patience is the ability to remain under. It's staying power. It's perseverance. Now hear me. It does not change the trial. It does not change the trial. What it does, it holds you. It strengthens you. It helps you to stand in the hard place. The trial's still raging. The storm's still blowing. But this patience, this hupomone helps you to remain under, to just stay steadfast and wait this thing out. Knowing that God is at work, knowing that this will pass, but this is what you need. This, it does not change this. It changes you. It strengthens you. It helps you to hold fast during this time. Instead of whining, instead of some kind of pity party, instead of blaming somebody, instead of complaining, instead of lashing out, or instead of quitting. Everybody say quit. Say this, quit quitting. The worst thing you can do during a trial is quit. Because you know what you just did? You helped the enemy fulfill his goal. That's part of the whole deal anyways. Get you to unplug from God. It's to get you to quit. And you say quit from what? Quit from believing. Quit from trusting. Quit from looking to God. And when you quit during a trial, let me tell you what you do. When you quit during this trial, you dismiss patience. And at that point, faith shuts down. And that's why we've got to keep patience engaged and let it do its full work. Now, I want to illustrate this for you a little bit. Um, how many of you remember pot pies? Okay, when I was a kid, I loved those things. We were way poorer than I thought we knew we were. I didn't know for a while. And I thought you were supposed to if you had holes in your heels of your socks you layer those with the socks that had holes in the toes and then you have complete coverage but i as a kid i guess we we didn't have a lot but pot pies i loved them and sometimes we come in you know the little aluminum foil little bowl thing there well when i was single then and buying my own food and stuff i, I in the grocery store pot pies i love pot pies so like six for a dollar, you know, so I love them even more. So you get those. And I remember coming home, you know, in my apartment all by myself, uh, pot pie night. Yeah. And you get that thing out and you start reading the directions and it says, take a fork and poke some holes in the top crust. Good luck with that. And then you keep reading and it says this. Bake for 45 stinking minutes. Well, I'm already committed now. Starving, but committed. So you put it in there and you wait. And you, what are you doing? You're waiting. 45 stinking minutes. What if I cut this process short? It's going to be frozen in the middle. It's not going to be right. So you know what I'm exercising here? This patience. This patience that just, I remain under. I'll stay in. I'll just hold on and I'll wait. And then finally, you know, guess what? Turkey pot pie with the little peas, the little onions. And, and we hope it's turkey. 
you know, that's it. Or I was thinking about iron-on decals. And I remember I had a shirt and I got these decals, one from a cereal box, one from somebody else, my grandpa's gas station. But I had Johnny Quest and STP, the racer's edge. Because those two go together, you know. But, but I remember doing this and my mom reading the little instructions, ironing board, got your little t-shirt and iron it on. And I'm like, come on, I want my shirt with my stuff on it. Three minutes. Got to hold that thing. Seemed like forever because, listen to me, because if you don't stay for that three minutes with that hot iron applied, the edges are going to peel up. That thing's going to come off next time in the wash if it makes it to the wash. You hear me? Let me take you a little bit further. And guys, if you could help me, I've got some guys who are going to help me get some stuff. And Tommy Mitchell, I, I want you to be my brave volunteer. You come and come and join me here. Um, are you with me so far on this? And it's during this hard time. Everybody say hard time, bad things. We're right. We're right in that spot. Guess what? We're not asking God to fix it. Although we are praying those things, what we're needing right now, y'all stay with me. They're just going to set some stuff up here. Stay with me. Because we've got to have this force of patience to help us just stay in place so we can get the full, full benefit here. So bring us here. Tom, if you don't mind, can you take a shoe off and a sock off? And I hope you hope your feet are clean. This is ice. And this is water. Thank you. And what happens a lot of times, Tommy is an athlete. He's product of our... Of our academy. And uh, pull a chair up here, bro. Pick a foot, any foot. Uh, Trainers say that if you sprain your ankle, the best thing you can do is immediately get into this ice and water. Now, the problem is after about 30 seconds, it's going to be hurting. After about a minute, it's really going to be hurting. Tom, go ahead and dive in here. Get on down in there. Good deal. After about a minute, it's really hurting and you want to pull it out. But guess what? Don't because you have no benefit. If you can hang on for about till two minutes, then at the two minute mark, you're going to wish you're just going to wish somebody would, you know, we won't get gravity. Just get me out of here. Okay. Someone hit me in the face, knock me out kind of thing. But if you do this, trainers actually say, if you can hang up for the two minutes, you can stay in there for two minutes. How are we doing? Oh, man. <laughs> for two minutes, then the injury and the recovery time will be cut in half. If you can hang on for two and a half minutes, where are we at now? Oh, we're not even at a minute yet, Tom. If you can hang in for two and a half minutes, even though it says at this point you want a gun. You can be playing basketball again by Thursday. And if you can hang on for three minutes, you'll be walking on your ankle tomorrow. Now, I know you're not injured, but are you feeling anything? Tom, work with me here. Okay. Let me illustrate. Forget him. No, no. No, this is you. This is you in your hard time, in your problem, in something that would supposed to cause pain. Where are we at? 138. Okay. Hang in there. 
Are you feeling, is there any effect to this or do you do this for recreation? Look to his fiance. But you're there and you know what? I want out. I want out of this. You know, we went to a, a Titanic exhibit last summer and they had water that was like 24 degrees. And they said that's what the water would have been for those people. You know, the Titanic thing. And they had a display where you put your hand in there. And I just put my hand in there for five, ten seconds. And just the pain that just comes from that. Well, let me tell you something. That's the place where this patience has to kick in. That's the place where you're saying, I'm in pain. This hurts. I can't stand this. I don't know how long I can stand this. But I'm telling you, this is the place where God will meet you. This is the place where God will strengthen you. Where are we at? (laughs) Give Tom a great God bless, will you? Hand me a book there. You you can... You can try. Yeah. Yeah, a girl outdid him first service, though, but I... Yeah. All right. And uh, here's a book, Tough Times Don't Last, and two cups of free coffee, one for each foot. Okay. okay. All right. Thanks, Tom. Anyway, get out of here. Well, it didn't go quite like I'd hoped. Stay with me just for a moment here. It's in that place, that trial, that testing of your faith. Patience will come out. We want out of there. This hurts too bad. I want to do something else. Listen to me. Sometimes you revert to old crisis mechanisms. Some people go back to old stuff. Don't do it. Don't do it. I'm telling you that when your faith is tested, patience will come. It will meet you there. I know it hurts. But God will help you to stay in that place. This is not changing the trial. God will change the trial. Time will change the trial. Things will pass. It's not a question of if you'll ever come out of this. It's just a matter of when. And it's a matter now just staying in there. And I'm going to promise you something based on the authority of of God's word. Stay there. Don't quit trusting God. Don't quit looking to God. Don't dismiss your patience. Because when you do, you're going to shut down your faith. And that's exactly what the enemy was after in the first place. Stay in there. I know it hurts, but the greatest benefit is going to come if you can just stay there until you do see that God delivers you out of that thing. The trial, the test of your faith, patience comes. Let patience do its job. And that's where God will meet you. That's where God will help you. That's where God will strengthen you. That's where God says, my grace is enough. That's where God says he knows how to deliver the godly out of temptation. That's the place that he'll meet you. And this is a place that we don't want to be. You just had a relationship go crazy. You just had financial reversal. You just got a bad report from the doctor or your boss. Or you've lost a loved one. Or something's really gone south and quick. Or you're real fearful about a situation. Listen to me. That's going to test your faith. But if you hang there and be aware of this, that testing of your faith is going to cause like adrenaline comes out. It's going to cause that hupomone. It's going to cause that patience to come out that will help you to hold you. I didn't say it still wouldn't hurt. It's going to help you to stay right there in that spot. 
And you know what? The end result of that is God will come through. You will come out of that. And you will be more mature. You will be more complete. You will be lacking nothing. You will be seasoned in this. And next time anything comes your way, you can count it as joy. Because I've been through this before. I've been through this before. And God got me through this before. And he's able to do that. I'm going to stop right there. Did you get anything at all out of this? Yeah.